to the Marcus Coat Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Coat. Welcome back to another episode in the podcast today. Today I'm joined by Alexandra Clark. He's a strength and conditioning coach and a high performance manager at Barker College. This is an awesome chat and a great insight into SNC at schools. So please enjoy. Welcome to the Marcus K Fitness Podcast, Sandro. Hey, mate. Thanks for having me. Good. It's been able to uh, connect to another coach as well. And I'm really looking forward to this chat. And yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on as well. Oh, well, thank you very much for having me, man. I'm glad you reached out. I'm very keen on uh, connecting with people like you and anyone else in the industry. So thank you. Awesome. I suppose starting off, firstly, how are you going? Yeah, good, man. Like, we're now at a stage in Sydney where preparing for return to training for schools because yep. it's looking like it's now going to be the 18th of October. So, you know, reaching out to coaches, finding out how they're going, do they want to have sessions, trying to, you know, reach out to all our students again. So it's looking positive, man. And, you know, most of all, I get to go back to a gym and yep. have a lift. I can't wait. But um, how's everything up north? Yeah, going well, which is a good thing again. I'm very lucky to be able to be in the Northern Territory. I'm actually living in a little remote community at the moment. So I'm actually just on school holidays in Darwin at the moment. So it's a nice, nice little break. And yeah, same again. Very grateful to be able to be up here. So yeah, it's good. It would be special. Did you guys get much, uh, did you have a lockdown or any COVID up there? Or? Nah, not at the moment really. So yeah, nothing. I think I, I obviously from Melbourne. So I got, I think I got a couple last year maybe. So I think I've skipped about. That's, uh, I think, probably six or seven. So, yeah, so very lucky to be able to to be able to be up here. <laughs> Jealous of that, man. Jealous. Yeah. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to move with you. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So it's, uh, it's nice to be able to it's, – it's same again. A bit of warm weather too. So slowly getting into the wet seasons. That's normally the the hottest uh, hottest season that I, I struggle with a bit. So I, I definitely like the dry season a lot more. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. So just starting off, um, your journey um, in the fitness industry, us getting into the SC and yeah, that's how you got started. Yeah, sweet. You know, stop me if I rant too much. It started for me, I always played sport growing up. I always was in cross country or mainly played soccer for quite a while, but it was never a super athlete or anything like that. I was a really big, tall, skinny kid, you know, so I was six foot six, 76 kilos in year 12 and yeah. got to about the age of 20 and decided I wanted to bulk up. Yep. So I asked a mate, I said, oh, you know, can you take me to the gym? Yeah. To the gym and I've trained my butt off like a lot of those new, anyone who starts off does, like you think you're doing everything right. You think yeah. <laughs> more, is, more is the most. Like I can't, if I can walk after a leg session, it's not good enough. So <laughs> I did all that, did that for a long time, for about two years and just riddled my body with injuries and went, oh, how, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this. Like yep. it can't be right. Like I, I tore a bicep tendon did a meniscus and I wasn't lifting heavy weight. I was just lifting weight poorly. Yeah. I went and did my undergrad. Yep. Found it really hard to do. Found it really, really hard because it was very heavily science-based. I just wanted to learn about gym. Yep. But then I sort of, the more we got into it, I started to realize how physiology plays a role in all the decisions we make and so on and so forth. And then yep. in my final year, struck gold and was lucky enough to get an internship at the South, the South Sydney Rabbitohs yep. up the South. And yeah, from there, really fell in love with it. It was like, oh, this is unreal. Stayed in touch with them, got a job being a PT because I wanted to work in a gym and be in the gym environment, as a lot of SNCs do. But I kind of realized that training people who don't want to train wasn't what I wanted to do. 
I yep. found it really, really draining to sort of at 5 a.m. be there and try and motivate these people to, you know, to, to, to work hard. Yeah. That's when I sort of reached out to Souths a bit more. Yeah. Realised that SNC was what I wanted to do. Volunteered a ton of free time whenever I could at Souths. Yeah. And with a lot of other mates who sort of were in the industry, just going and watching sessions, talking to them. A job came up at Barker, 2017. Yep. I applied for it, didn't think I would get it. Yeah. was, oh, you know, put your hat in there. You know, you've got to be in it to win it. And then I luckily got the role. And ever since, yep. SNC has been my full-time 60 hours a week, 50 weeks a year. It's been my job, it's been my life. So I've loved it, man. Like I've got the experience to, it's the best job in the world. Yep. I love SNC. Yeah, it's kind of my 10, 10 years combined. Yeah. Well, that's awesome to hear. And again, I love hearing different coaches' journeys and pathways for coaches to be able to get to their end goal. And obviously, you've got plenty more years, so I'm sure there's other goals that you definitely want to achieve too. So credit to your work, which is cool. Just touching on a bit of the PT side of it. I know a lot of a lot of coaches obviously going through like undergrads or things like that. But do you think getting that experience at the start, just being a PT, getting clients, do you think how important do you think that is? Massively. Yeah. Massively, massively, massively. Like I'll tell you now that at Barker College when we're when we're um hiring, yeah, we look for people with more of a PT background because yep. The number one thing a good SNC has to be is a coach. You're an SNC coach. Yeah. And we, in my experience, I, I've met, like I network with a lot of SNCs who are new, who are 15 years in the industry plus. Yeah. And I meet a lot of new ones who come out of uni who sort of hang their hat on their qualification yep. and their knowledge of how neurons fire from the brain to the fingertip. And then you get them on the coaching floor and like they, they lack that skill, whereas PT, you're forced to do it. Like, yeah. As, as you'd know, man, like yeah. uh, PT, you have to build a relationship with someone in that first session. Otherwise, yeah. you might not get them back. Yeah. And I think it's such a valuable skill. Like I was a terrible communicator before I started being a PT. Yeah. I highly recommend it. No, highly I, recommend it. I know we spoke a little about, a bit about the other day as well, about how uh, building that relationship and communication is, I think. Same again, it's, it's been like for me, I think that's probably one of the things that I've learned a lot and just to be able to have that connection with them, I think. Obviously, of moving away from Melbourne, different clients, I'm, I'm saying again, I'm still connected with with clients that are, that are Melbourne that I can keep in touch with. So I think for anyone that is listening, I think if you are starting out or still in the industry, I think that building that relationship is probably, probably one of the biggest keys too. Mm, 100%. Like, I think another thing that can often be overlooked, and I was lucky enough to win my PT job, work with a bunch of people who taught me this. Yeah. So I'll say it now for anyone who listens, but like, just because someone doesn't work in sport or in health and fitness doesn't mean you can't learn from them. Like that, yeah. it sounds so obvious, but you know, I trained guys who are head of IT departments and I would learn yeah. a lot about people skills from them. Yeah. Or I worked with a guy who was in charge of, he runs a company that does like behavioral profiling. Yeah. So I learn about, I learn a lot from him about behavioral psychology and about personality profiles. And yeah, I think PT is a really good way to expose yourself to a wide network of people. And you're right. Like I still have, I still have them reach out to me and like on LinkedIn yeah. and comment and message me being like, oh, it's really cool to see this and that. And yeah. Like, I've had a bloke message me, oh, you know, um, I, won't, I won't say his name, but he, yeah. he messaged me. He's like, mate, I've, I've now lost 30 kilos and it all started with you. And that was four years yeah. since I've worked with this guy. And it's like, wow, like, yeah, awesome. And that's, you know, you love, love those messages that you can hear. And I think, geez, like you've obviously left that impact on them. It's huge as well for them. Definitely. Really good way to fine-tune yourself yep. before you even have to... If you can't work one-on-one, working 30-on-one is 
got to be hard. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I know you spoke about, I love to hear this as well, about like the free hours kind of situation. I know obviously being an SNC, obviously you have to give free time up a little bit as well. And, and I know it's tough. You're obviously not getting paid for those hours, but yeah, how important do you think that is? being that volunteer a little bit and then obviously can lead you into that job that you do want. Oh, massive. I, I still do it. Yeah. Like I, this year I did the CIS rugby league. That was, yep. I mean, that was only a couple of days, but that was free. You know, I've always volunteered for the Warren Tars. They do a gem blue program. I think it's great, man, because, yeah. you know, one of the number one things that we all need, whether you're a PT or an SNC or anyone, is that you need to have a network if you want to succeed. Like if yeah. you're just this lone soldier out there who's not meeting anyone because you refuse to do a couple of hours free, you you it, it doesn't mean, in my opinion, you won't get that dream job one day. Yeah, it just might take you longer. You, yeah, you're relying more on luck. Whereas, I mean, anyone who knows. Like one of the things I take pride on is that I, I I will know someone somewhere. So if you're applying for a job, I'll be able to be like, Marcus, like you yeah. need to go and talk to this person. And he's a really nice bloke and, and it just helps yeah. you. Yeah. And you made it. So I highly recommend it. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, the, so the idea of me taking on a full-time internship now for me is quite daunting because it's yeah. like, but if it's a couple of hours, yeah. you know, I think we yeah. all need to be open to give back a little bit. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely positive on it. Yeah, no, so I love those answers there. I know that I've spoken to a lot of coaches and same again, that they're, they're like pretty much the same answers as you said as well. I think it's it's definitely important as you go down your career. And like you spoke about, you don't you don't know who that you might know. Like as I said, it's that big networking and where you've done those hours, I think, oh well, he's he's like volunteered his time there. So it's kind of a little bit of an opening for someone to be able to get into. Definitely, man. Like so Steve Stephen Bird, who's like a real is a big fish in the SNC industry. Yeah. I would have spent hours on the phone with him. Yeah. Like, and he's giving up his time for free for me. And I'll be like, you know, Steve, I'm your bird man. I want to try and roll this out with basketball and Barker. Like, what are your, what do you think? And he'll be like, yeah, man. Like, yeah. that's a guy who every time I talk to him, he's got 12 jobs. Yeah. And if someone like him can volunteer a couple of yeah. hours, months. Yeah. Why, why can't I? Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So. Yeah, that's all. That's really awesome to hear. Next one going on, we're going to talk about a bit of physical preparation. I suppose how important is do you think in athletes? But even with your athletes, I know work with mainly a bit of junior at, at the school too. So yeah, how, how important do you think that is? Yeah, I think I think it'd be hard to find an SNC who thinks preparing isn't important. Yeah. You know, if we take the Barker rugby, for example, this is a lot for a, for a for 17, 16, 18 year olds. Yeah. And then I went and watched some of their games and went, whoa, like if we don't prepare you, you're going to get hurt. Like, yeah. You know, we're versing schools where they're in, like, I'm six, seven, 116. There are kids bigger than me. Yeah. It's just like, whoa, like, if yeah. we don't prep you for it, you're going to get very injured. But also, yeah. I believe a part of it is, you know, if, like, if you've, I don't know if you've ever had it, but if you've ever been the unfit team playing a game of sport, yeah. how much do you hate your life? You're like, oh, yeah. man, this sucks. Yeah. I think it's very important. But um, when you look at the junior level, I think if we look at our sort of LTAD spectrum, a yeah. fundamental stage, like that's physical preparation in itself. Like, and we spoke about it the other day, and I'm super yeah. passionate about it, like creating this eagerness to move. And this, yeah. and that's, that's a form of physical preparation, not necessarily building a bigger bench or a bigger squat or whatever, yeah. but, you know, exposing kids to different movement skills, teaching them how to sequence them. So that way when they play a game of soccer, AFL, cricket, netball, whatever, 
yeah. they move better, they're able to perform better, they enjoy it because at the end of the yeah. day, you and me who are working with the young kids, like yeah. our job isn't to make them all wallabies or whatever. Yeah. Our job's to make them want to continue training after school. Yeah. If we can make them like it, yeah. we've done our job. No, so I think it's massively important. Yeah, right? that's that's awesome to hear. I know enjoyment is probably one, one of the things that I try get out with, with the kids as well and, yeah, to be able to come back. I know we spoke a little bit about the other day, kids starting off to come. I know it's that, I suppose, that buy-in a little bit. Do you struggle with maybe like kids, like, no, they don't understand a little bit, but maybe they kind of do understand a little bit of obviously coming to the gym and both how you educate them on the importance of physical preparation for their sport as well. Oh, man, that's a great question. Like, that's, that's a really good one because... You know, there's this, there's this constant struggle in a school of trying to get more students to your gym to show yeah. that what you're doing is great. But also, we don't want to force kids into the gym. Yeah. So like, we've, we've had it before in the past where, you know, a student who doesn't like physical activity at all gets a sport yeah. exemption. Yeah. And their sport exemption is you must go to the gym twice a week. And that's a real tricky one because then all of a sudden, if I force them to do something if I force them to go to the gym that they don't want to do, yeah. they'll create a negative relationship with that and yeah. they'll never want to go back to it because they'll be that person at 24 going, oh, man, I hated it. I never going back. And that's that's yeah. the anti thing. So I think it's a yeah. it's a, it's a tricky one and because yeah. everyone's different. Yeah. You know, you have to be a, a man of many hats and you need to be able to sort of behave like personality profile quite quickly. And yeah. if it's the kid who who walks into the gym on their own accord, but is very quiet and shy. Like the worst thing I can do is, you know, lumber over there and go, mate, let's get super strong. And they'll go, oh, no, no, no. So you sort of just, yeah. whereas you do have kids who do want to, they do want that bloke to be like, yeah. mate, let's train seriously. Let's get into it. And they sort of get that that kick. But um, yeah. but luckily in my role at the moment, I only work with the sort of the, the sport, the ones yeah. who are rocking and being like, yeah. I want to lift. Yeah. I want to train well. Football's a tricky one. Football's a tricky sport. We spoke about it the other day, actually, yep. about how yep. currently the culture is changing towards more of a lifting yep. uh, presence in their sessions. But currently, because of Barker College, that culture is there trying to develop that transfer. Mm. The transfer or the change of that culture is quite tricky. So we're yeah. currently trying, we're working quite closely with the head of football yep. and working on ways within the department on how we can educate students as to why lifting a weight makes you a better footballer because yeah. some in, in a contact sport it's obvious like if i'm yeah. bigger i'll perform better but in a football sport where yeah. what's your average football away in, in the epl like what 70 80 yeah. kilos yeah um it's hard it can be hard to get that yeah so we're trying to educate a lot trying yeah. to do a lot of education now that, that's really cool and i think yeah education is probably the key and i know for the younger ones it's yeah it's definitely hard. i'm sure it's hard obviously to be able to get them into the gym but even like i don't know when i listened to that like the round table with, with you guys on the asker that was that was cool when we spoke like listening to that i know i think mm-hmm. a couple of points without that was trying to maybe when they are coming to maybe include i know exercises they maybe do like a little bit maybe at the end kind of thing or kind of a circuit circuit a little bit star too so mm-hmm. i think it's obviously trying to pick them or introduce that then they'll obviously can like it and obviously they've seen it on maybe like socials or yes Think, yeah. Things like that too, I think maybe another idea, obviously you can kind of bring that into a little bit too. Mm, definitely. Like I think 
So when I worked really, when I worked a lot with the with the girls, so my yeah. first few years at Barker, I was only with girls SNC. I was I was yeah. hired to try and build that program up, and I learned very quickly that you have to work with them, like because you know, I, don't, I couldn't tell you any of the Instagram models' names, but yeah. if that girl says you need to walk around with a glute band on, she knows more than you do, Sandro. So yeah, while I was you, so you're right, like yeah. yeah, you sort of almost had to bargain with them, like look, yeah. these exercises will help you achieve that. Yeah. So let's do two of them and then we'll do a, a bunch of yeah. uh, donkey kicks or yeah. clams. Like, and, you know, you yeah. and I are sitting there going, oh, my, like those probably aren't the best. But at the end of yeah. the day, if that's, what the, if that's what's bringing the student into the gym to train, then yeah. I'd be crazy to go, we're never doing those ever again because then yeah. they'll just go, all right, I'll go to the gym down the road. And yeah, that's that, it. Lose that opportunity. So yeah. you're right. Yeah. No, that's it. And then that, that same thing, and that builds it back to that building relationship as well, I think, to – have that buy-in for them too mm, big time like you know even even now like it sounds crazy but i had a meeting with two of the snc's i work with yeah. about whether or not we're going to include bench press in this rugby program yeah okay yeah because it, the background is we have so many anteriorly you know rolled in jacked up guys who are 17 yeah and all they want to do is bench so yeah we want to obviously if someone's like this you don't really want to be loading that up we want to do a lot yeah. of back exercises but then again like they're going to bench press anyway whether it's with us or at home gym yeah so do we put it in so that we can watch them bench we can control their load and yeah. we kind of use the the analogy of you know if you're if you if your teenage son's starting to have beers where's the best place for him to have a beer is with you so you can yeah. watch them and make sure they're safe yeah and that was a whole thing because also if we don't put bench in will they buy in because they're going yeah. to go Every club tests bench press. Why don't we do yeah. bench press? So, yeah, yeah. totally right, right there as well. That, that's awesome. What age do you reckon kids should start resistance training? I know it's a bit of a broad question, but yeah, your opinion on that? Oh, I love it. Like, so for the context, I think we'll put resistance training can include push-ups, like body yep. weight exercises. Yeah, man, I think young, like you need to be developing that. You know, we're not developing muscular, like maximal strength, but we're developing yeah. strength at a young age. It's very important. The ASCA positional statement has a really good line in it, which I really like, which is as far as gym resistance training goes with equipment. Yeah. If the kid, if the person walks in and starts swinging off the monkey bars, they're not ready. Yeah. If they, if, if a twelve-year-old walks in and they're like really serious about it, like yeah. you can work with that. Yeah. If you hundred percent can. There's a lot of research showing it. I think in the ASCA position statement, they 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 quote a study that did like one RM testing on 12-year-olds. Yeah. And there was no injury. There was no drama because it was coached really well. Yeah. The students were really well disciplined and behaved. They understood the process, what they were doing, and it was controlled. It was a controlled environment. Whereas I think if, like, I think if you let 50 kids just rock, rock in, 50 12-year-olds rock in with not many hands-on coaching and not, yeah. no structure, no program, it's chaos, but like, yeah, I've 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 had a, so we had a bronze swimming group which was primary school, yeah. And I had them into the gym once a week, and yeah. we were doing goblet squats, we were doing push ups, TRX yeah. rows, we were doing it in a circuit setting. So I think yeah. I, I love that if the if the child is mature enough to approach the training with yeah. dedication and seriousness, we'd be nuts to we'd be nuts to go. Oh no, don't do push ups because you're too young. Yeah, like, yeah, that's his answer. Yeah, and I suppose I was just going to say your your experience with 
younger kids have you had many that you've worked with that are probably that age between 12 and 13 even maybe a bit bit lower yeah how was your experience with them were they a bit of the boy in that way too oh one of my one of my favorite students i coach he's he's now 13 but he's he's into being olympic diver so he's coming in and he's trapped by 90 kilos yeah and like with good technique and and he he stands next to me and uh people joke about him being like my little brother and he's my hip (laughs) height he's this very small build kid but like yeah he he's serious about it like even though we can have a good joke and we can talk about minecraft and all that sort of stuff but when he's lifting he's responsive to cueing he follows his program he understands why we do the certain things we do yeah i mean he's great like but i've also had kids his year come into the gym and you sort of have to suggest that hey yeah, you need to fix your behavior because you know you're going to hurt someone. Yeah, so yeah. it's a case by case, case by case study or case by case. Yeah, they make that decision about too young. Yeah, no, that's, that's cool. That's really cool. Dude. That's I'm definitely interesting on on your yeah opinion on when, when yeah kids should start lifting. I know there's a lot of research and things out there at the moment that they're saying kids probably shouldn't start at a young age. But I think yeah, obviously if you have that right coaching and the right education for the kids is it's probably big as well and that's and that's really cool to see like i know like obviously now that he's 13 you obviously can see him progress too so like obviously from where he started you're obviously going to see that some like improvement when he as as, as he gets older too yeah uh, and that's and as you know man that's one of the most rewarding things is yeah. you watch a student go from you know this tall and then they yeah. become this tall and, yeah you know you watch them succeed and that's that's the kick out of it man that's yeah. that's why we do it yeah that's, that's it no nah, i love mm-hmm. that that's really cool last question i just want to touch on now is like your position obviously at a school at snc it's it's really i, I love it. it's really interesting like I, I suppose i haven't had many coaches i spoke to many coaches that are in snc and in, in um in in schools so yeah your position now as a, as a high performance coach in the school maybe like obviously how well, we spoke about it before but yeah how you got into it and yeah from there now yeah, sweet. I was super. I was super lucky. Unlike uh, look, uh, after I've, the more people I've spoken to who are SNCs in the school, I realise how lucky I am that we had our new head of sport come in, Cameron Anderson, two years ago, and he pretty much went, "We don't need a boys' SNC and a girls' SNC. Let's merge them." Yeah. And so he made one big SNC department, which is why you know we have eleven staff now. We yep. used to have two groups of, and then he sort of was like, you know, Sandro, with your experience with. Uh, Rabbitohs and your the way you coach and the way you sort of roll things out. I'd like to make you in this role. Yeah, so I was incredibly, incredibly lucky, man. Yeah, as lucky in my career as I have worked hard. You know, it's yeah. like a, it's a direct correlation. The harder I work, the luckier I get. Yeah, and so we do that. And now my role is literally I'm trying to build programs for all of our first teams and and, and elite athletes. So, for yeah. example, that diver I mentioned. Yeah, we have a lot of swimmers who are national swimmers, and my job's to try and balance their training load school and external so for example you know we have a, we had a football player who played with sydney fc as well as school yep. so it was all about well what are you doing there what are you doing here the divers the same thing but then also for some individuals you try to balance their well-being as well yeah because it's the unfortunate reality of development athletes is if you're really good at a sport a lot of people want a slice of that pie yeah. And all of a sudden they can get pulled, you know, every single direction. Yeah. And my role is kind of to be a third party who can get involved and be like, are you okay? 
yeah. how are you coping? Like, do you need me to talk to anyone about what's going on? And um, yeah, just to be that sort of pastoral support for them. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, but it's awesome. But like, you know, we've, we've in, in, in that in that same merging or amalgamation of the departments, we now have a rehabilitation coordinator who I work incredibly closely with. And that's good. You know, to anyone who works at a school, if you're a principal, if you're an SNC, push for this role because it has been one of the most game-changing things we have had to SNC yeah. out of all the amalgamation. Because now all of a sudden, rather than us sort of, you know, trying to figure out the best way to train this person with an ACL. And yeah. the harsh reality yeah. is when you have a group of 30 students and one of them has an injury that prevents them from being a part of it, the harsh reality is a lot of that time that one person is, all right, just go and do an upper body program if it's a lower body injury. Whereas now, Chloe, who I work with, she's on call with all the physios, you know, all the stakeholders of that person, and then she will exactly write and prescribe the exercise that person needs to get the most out of their training yeah. and, you know, Anecdotally, we had a student who was in our rugby program this year. He started our program with L4, L5 stress responses in his spine. Yes. And he had a knee. He's just coming back from a knee reconstruction, right? So this is a student who's like, yeah. he now, he got signed for the Western Force straight away. He's over there now. And I, I guarantee a huge part of that was because we had, we were lucky enough to have Chloe yeah. He was there every step of the way throughout his entire process, maximizing his ability to train. Yeah. So anyone who's out there, if you're a principal, if you're a head of sport, if you're an SNC at a school, that is one of the biggest things I push for. Yeah. And then the cherry on top with our high performance side of the SNC department is I also have um, a bloke called Andrew Smith, who's a sports scientist, who is like the biggest nerd I've ever worked with. He won't mind me saying that when he listens to this. <laughs> but he he he's he's built so have you heard of smarter base the fusion sport yeah it's a, i think it's a, yeah I think it's, a, it's, it's a big athlete monitoring system which a lot of yeah. clubs use and all that he essentially has built one of them for us over lockdown and that's the sort of work he's doing where he's learning yeah. how to code he looks at an excel spreadsheet and then all of a sudden it just yeah. becomes this wonderful thing like him so he's that cherry on top for the high performance thing whereas really for myself my role is I help those two as much as I can. Yeah. I have conversations with the stakeholders trying to organize programs. Yeah. I, I sort of mentor a couple of our coaches and then I just coach. Yeah. So I'm super lucky, man. Like I can't wait for when you're down in Sydney, you can come in and yeah, you know, come do a morning with us and come watch yep. us. And I know I offer that to any other SNCs who are listening. If you're in yep. Sydney, I'm more than happy for you guys to come in, network yep. with me, or Andrew or Chloe or anyone. Yeah. Uh, let's together and have a community no that's it that's awesome yeah so i appreciate that hopefully uh, yeah when everything gets a little bit easier mm-hmm. ease restrictions i'll um i'll definitely take yeah, that yeah. definitely take that on board definitely be able to come see i was going to say obviously having that team behind you i think that's that's a big thing too and obviously a, a lot of like i suppose a lot of clubs will have have those people too but yeah i think it's incredible for schools to be able to have so many, um, like a rehab coach, or, yeah, sports science coach, and then obviously you can work all together, and that definitely makes your job easy. I'm sure having that feedback from the rehab or the physio kind of thing to be able to know what what the athlete is is going through and what um, what needs to be done as well. Yeah, absolutely, and like I, I definitely know how lucky we are at Barker, but I do sincerely believe it's trajectory that all schools are going in. Yeah, you saw my LinkedIn post yesterday about Sydney's yeah. Cathedral School and Christopher Watts from there. Yeah. 
it's 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 the start of something big you know yeah. there's some crazy statistic that greater than 30 percent of ASCII members work in ltad in schools and in i think that's i think that's a sign that yeah it's it's going to grow it's going to become huge and um i don't think i think in five years time it won't be uncommon to see you know it'll start with private schools obviously because you know yeah. unfortunately the resources are greater there but It'll, it won't be uncommon to see them have a sports scientist or a, yeah. or a rehab person because I know personally that there are a lot of there are a lot of private schools in Sydney who have GPS units. Yeah. And uh, once you, I mean, it's good to have a GPS unit, but as you and I both know, yeah. it's useless collecting data if you don't use it well. So yeah. Yeah. I can see schools starting to invest. Every school's getting a new gym at the moment, like Shaw's yeah. with that amazing gym. Cranbrook's about to have a brand new one. I think Kings are talking about getting a new gym built. Yeah. Like we're all getting these big gyms made. Yeah. The next step will be let's pump yeah. the department. So I'm really, I'm really excited to see the landscape in five years' time. Yeah, no, that's that's unreal to hear. I suppose a typical day for listeners, what your what your day looks like as well. Yeah, okay. I roll in at about 6 a.m., prep for the session, say hi to all the coaches. We'll have a look at who we've got in have a chat with Chloe. Hey, like, who do we have today who might need some program modifications? Students are rolling in at about 6.30 then. Yep. So you're out on the floor, you're chatting with them. How are you going? How's this? How are you feeling? Checking if they've done their wellness questionnaires. Yeah. 6.45, start a warm-up. 7 a.m. warm-up will finish. We start our lift. Yep. Students are out of the gym strictly at 7.55 so that they don't miss class. Yep. Then depending on how the session has gone, the yeah. next two hours can get treated up like that because you have to make modifications to this. You have to call yeah. coaches. You have to you have to you know uh, do your session review. So you pull up pull up everyone who was on the floor for that session. How do you think it went? What did we do well? What do we yeah. need to improve? And so then that normally takes me to about nine thirty. I then normally have a meeting with with Andrew or Chloe individually because we'll always have a project we're working on. Yeah, that takes me to about 10, 30, 11. I'm then super lucky where I get to train in the middle of the day. So <laughs> 11 a.m. till about 12.30, yep. I'll, uh, I'll have a lift. Um, yep. I'd like to say I do cardio, but I don't do any cardio. I'll have a lift. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then eat at my desk and then try to work on, you know, that's when I get about an hour and a half to work on what I need to work on. So yep. writing the new programs, checking up on my individual students, a lot of phone calls, like a lot of phone calls and meetings yeah. for my, like, uh, uh, I don't know how I got here or I, yeah. I, I don't know how, like even, even today, my day, I've got to like one thirty is just phone calls. Like, yeah. I mean, a big part of that's because we're online, but yeah. But anyway, and then at about two thirty, you start to prep for your afternoon session, which will normally be on the field. Yep. 3 PM you're out on the field setting up, yep. checking with Andrew that everything's all right, checking with Chloe, what I need to do on the field for any of our rehab runners. Cause she's probably going to be on another field or in the gym working with, Yep. individuals warm up athletes 345 till 4.05 depending on the sport yep and then then i get to walk around and watch training and talk to people how are you guys going how's it looking yeah go watch football go watch rugby go watch rugby sevens go watch yep. basketball cool. and um just check in with all this check in with everyone who's involved with what we do yep and um, and that's where and that that hour there is where most of your work gets done because all of a sudden you're talking to the basketball head of basketball and they sort of say oh i'd really like it if we could do this and you go yeah. we can do that and how would you like to do it and you sort of brainstorm what you'd like that yeah. program to look like and then i the next day andrew chloe sam anyone else who's involved with it 
yeah. we need to now make this for basketball. How will we do it? All right, I'll do this part. And then it just rolls in. Yep. So it's good. And then and then I my best day of the week is Saturday because 8 till 5 p.m. I watch sport. <laughs> that's, that's, your, sport. that's your recovery day. <laughs> right, that's, that's the best. I like... Uh, I had a I have friends who are like oh why don't you you know why don't you call on sick for the Saturday and it's like why would I it's the best day of the week I get yeah. to watch everyone I've coached all week yeah. play their sport like I think it's I think yeah. if you're an SNC you're a PT like that's one of the things I learned as a PT actually yeah um, if you train a client to run 10k a 10k event yeah you need to play the 10k event to watch them yeah like you need to because we talked we spoke about buying earlier. Yeah, like it's very hard for you to believe that I care about your training if I'm like, oh no, I won't go to Marcus's game. It's on my Saturday. It's my day off. Like, yeah, <laughs> I won't go. But I really care about you. They'll yeah. sort of go. I think one of the worst things you can do on a Monday when they roll in is, how'd you go? Yes. Like you should yeah. know. You know, Sam, our boss, our, our director of SNC, he often doesn't get a chance to. Um, he he plays rugby for his own fun, which will be on a Saturday. Yeah. But he'll watch all the games on huddle that night. And then yep. he'll come in Monday and I think he's, it's an amazing way he creates buy-in with students. The student will walk in and he'll be like, I saw that intercept try you got yep. on the 63rd minute. And they're just like, whoa. Like, yeah, that's it. And I think, I think when, once you see that as well, they'll, they love it. And then like, I think, oh, he's actually like, he's actually watching me. Like he's seen that or then they, then they will maybe keep going. Like, Larry, did you see me do this? Or kind of things like that. So. hundred percent. Like I, I've had conversations. I've had conversations with the, we had a student who at the beginning of this time last year wasn't going to make first rugby at all. He then ended up making first rugby, CAS ones, and then got named in um, the Australian, it's a, it's a school, it's like a schoolboys team, but it's not the Australian schoolboys team. So he made, he, he did incredibly well for himself, but so many times in a gym session, I'd have to be like, hey, I'd love to chat to you more about how you're playing, but we need to lift. Like, <laughs> let's get back onto it. I'll see you at recess. Like we'll eat and we can chat more about your game then. Yeah. Because I just love it. And they just, yeah. they just, yeah. and that's everyone in life though, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's like, uh, I told you that expression on uh, Wednesday when we first met, people don't care how much you know, they want to know how much you care. Yeah. So it doesn't matter about having the best yeah. stretch shortening cycle plyometric program ever for them. It's just, yeah show them that you actually care who that person is and that they're an individual. I definitely love that quote that, as you said, so I think it's it's a massive and people listening, I think, yeah, definitely listen and take that on board. It's not about the science, it's about the people. Yeah, that's it. I'll go last one quickly. Sorry, before we wrap, I know you have a meeting uh, <laughs> in a little bit. <laughs> we'll just go goals for maybe end of this year for yourself if you have any mind or even next year if you if you have a bit of a goal setter. Yeah, okay. I can give you goals for the end of next year. Yeah. Um, at the back end of the year, I tend to sort of, this part of this year for me, for Barker, for example, is rolling out our summer programs, but planning for next year. Yeah. Um, so next year, I want to be able to have, hopefully I, I get approved for another master's. So I've just finished yep. my master's of strength and conditioning. I hopefully yep. find out in the next couple of days if I get accepted into a master's of high performance. Awesome. So I'd like to be a year deep into that. Yeah. I'd like to hopefully have my level three or elite uh, ASCA. Yep. Level three will be tough. I think the elite I'll be able to get. But other than that, like I want to network with more people like yourself, man. Like yep. I want to, I've already got a list of 44 
SNCs who work in schools within Sydney. For anyone who's yeah. listening, if you're an SNC, reach out to me because I'd love to add you to that list. Yeah. I should find out today some things from ASCA and hopefully if everything goes well, you know, we can start having regular catch-ups and yeah. eventually expand it to anyone who works in LTAD yeah. as an SNC or a PT or anything within Australia. Yeah. We have a community and we can yeah. all reach out and we have almost like a a subdivision of ASCA for us because yep. I think we all know it's important. We all know it's massively important. We can see it. Uh, all the research tells us that. But at the moment, it's kind of a concept that's taught, almost swept under the rug or very briefly addressed like, oh, by the way, developmental SNC exists. Anyway, let's talk about elite sport again yeah. because that's what people are interested in. My goal is to start to slowly shift that. I'm yep. hopefully presenting at the international conference next year. That's one of my goals as well for ASCA. Awesome. Um, and do a couple more SIGs. Yeah. So I know me and the Chris's who did the last one, we're hoping to do one a term. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Now, so if, if anyone is on the, or has, hasn't checked out ASCA, definitely do. They do, they do great work. And even like ticking off your level one or something is probably a, another key if you are in the SNC industry. They also, same again, they do online presentations. But what I, I generally listen to say it's it's awesome and that's and that's another way to be able to connect, learn, learn lots out of it too. Definitely. And you can you can actually apply to uh, have a mentor SNC. So yeah. you know level ones aren't just for SNCs. We've got a whole bunch of PE teachers and coaches we're putting through a level one just to yeah. try and because it's a it's a two-day course and it gives you a little bit of an understanding as to the the initial concept of what SNC is. Yeah. So if you're a high school teacher and you're working with a rugby team or a soccer team or a netball team, and you want to understand more about, you know, how you can prepare effective warm-ups, you know, how you can incorporate games into your training that will tick off physiological development for your athletes, yeah. I highly recommend it. And a part of what you can do is you can then reach out to level twos, level threes in your area or online. I get a lot of online people who I work with yep. and you get to meet people and you get to learn yep. like you and I have learned from each other. Yep. And I think it's definitely worth doing. Nah, that's cool to hear. Thanks again so much for your time today, Sandro. It's been, been a pleasure and a great opportunity to be able to chat. Thank you for having me, man. I look forward to doing another one. Yeah, sounds good. I suppose socials, if anyone, do you have any, or like I know you're on LinkedIn. If <laughs> It's my only one, unfortunately. I've, <laughs> I've found that uh, I found Facebook and Instagram were taking a lot of my time away, were not adding yeah. to me. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a ghost, but LinkedIn, yeah. uh, Alessandro Clark, I think is my name. Um, hit me up. Like I, I message all the time. I, I live on it. I, I love yeah. it. I think if you're an SNC, like get on LinkedIn. No, awesome. I'll chuck it in the show notes at the end. So same again, if you do have any questions, don't, don't hesitate to reach out as well. Or if, if you want to go through me, I'm happy to, happy to pass on the questions too to well same again thanks again for your time and yeah i look forward to sharing this episode it's gonna be great yeah thanks man thank you very much for having me